she was actually the one that um, just looked at me and we we hang out and we had gotten been getting close and she's like, so I need you to stop bullshitting me because you're a witch. Internet, welcome to episode 20 of Changed My Mind with Luke T. Harrington. I'm Luke T. Harrington. I'm an award-winning novelist. I am a best-selling humorist, and I am a noted, currently mostly bald guy. Um, quarantine makes fools of us all. I have shaved off my trademark mop of curls. I don't know what that means, um, but I do talk about it some in the conversation I'm about to present to you. Um, this is my show where I talk to people who have changed their minds about big, important things. Um, there's a common idea in current pop psychology that people never change their minds, um, but they do. We've seen it happen. So this is my show uh, where I try to find out why people change their minds. Um, so it's about 2% research project, 98% therapy for me. Um, this week, I talked to an old friend of mine named Cheryl Seaband. Um, when I knew her in high school, she was a practicing Baptist Christian. When I found her on social media many years later, she was a goddess-worshipping pagan. Um, so I thought that could be a really interesting conversation. And you know what? It was. So that's about all I have to say about that. I'm going to go ahead and flip you over, and I will see you on the other side. Welcome to episode 20 of Changed My Mind with Luke T. Harrington. This is my show where I talk to people who have changed their minds about big, important things. Um, when I started the show, I was wondering if anyone would ever change their mind about anything. Um, now, as the world collapses around us, I'm wondering if everyone is going to change their mind about everything. I don't know. Um but we're going to talk about this. Um, I have on the show today, Cheryl Seaband, preschool teacher, belly dance instructor extraordinaire. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Well, hi there, Luke. Cheryl was one of my best friends in high school, I would say. Um, <laughs> that's not... That's not exaggerating, right? I feel like we were pretty close. We did uh, we did steal a lot of stuff from the English department. <laughs> Leave ransom notes. It's true. It's true. Uh -huh. Those those were the days. Uh, um, days. <laughs> As I um, when I knew Cheryl, um, I think it's it's fair to say you would have identified as Baptist, right? Mm -hmm. Christian-ish, yeah. and I, uh, I don't know. American Baptist, not um, that, not the weird ones. <laughs> like, There's um, a case to be made that they're all weird, that, but um, fair, but weird <laughs> in the good way. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, I I don't think we talked much after after high school, which wasn't 
deliberate or anything. We no. just kind of drifted away from each other. Well, it wasn't like we had Facebook or anything like that. So you really- yeah, eventually we found each other on the social mediums, <laughs> as as it were. Um, and that was, I don't know, five, ten years ago. Um, and I discovered that Cheryl had converted to neo-paganism. Is that how you would put yeah, it? Or? I mean, I, I call myself a pagan. Um, I don't follow a specific um path right now which um so it's it's a nice umbrella term um right so anything uh wicca is a neo-paganism religion um there's also oh gosh teutonic there we go there's the one there's norse paganism all it's there's a lot of traditions um so i um yeah, I just, I like the nice broad term pagan. And I won't say that necessarily shocked me, <laughs> but um, I thought it would be, a, I thought it'd be an interesting um, conversation to have to look at the uh, story of your transition there. Yeah. Um, so before we start though, I've been asking everyone I've been on a podcast with and I'm not bored of it yet. So I might as well yeah. ask you on a scale of Lynchburg, Virginia to San Francisco, how locked in are you these days? Oh gosh! Uh, well, <laughs> uh, we 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 are in in Nebraska. We don't have a stay at home order yet. Um, my like, you know, I was always kind of introverted, so um, it's it's definitely different now that I I can't go out that I want to. Um, but as far as my regular day to day life goes, you know, I never really went out unless I was performing, anyways. So I can't say I'm too terribly locked in, but I've always kind of been a homebody. And you were telling me before that um, the preschool you teach at is still more or less in session. We are. um, We do have extra uh, safety regulations in place uh, as regards to classroom sizes, uh, keeping things clean and sanitary for the kiddos. But uh, right now uh, we do have a lot of families like, um, you know, a lot of my students are the children of healthcare workers, teachers, uh, things where they, you know, still have to go into work, or even if they work from home, they they need to be, you know, uh, focusing on the important work that they're doing. So we're just providing that support right now. Um, and until Department of Health and Human Services uh, says that we do need to close, we'll just stay open and try to keep the routine as best we can for the families that need us. Gosh, yeah. Um... As someone who has been working from home for a while, um, this has been not a huge transition for me, except mm-hmm. that now my kids are home 24-7, which sure. and I, I'm, you know, responsible for their education now <laughs> that they were supposed to be getting from school, um, right. which is all online now. So, you know, it's um it's been a weird year um, for me, a re- kind of a weird school year because I, you know, I, I, I freelance from home and I didn't have a lot of work starting out yeah. <laughs> in the year. And, you know, because I, I had just I had just finished two writing two books um, and I, I was like, well, neither of these are going anywhere because at the time they weren't. Um, I found a publisher for one since. Um but I was just like, you know, maybe I'll just take it easy this year. So, you know, in the fall yeah. when my kids went off to school, I was just like taking a pro, you know, just taking contract work here and there and yeah. trying to, you know, go a little bit slow. And, you know, and then around the beginning of March, I was like, well, I'm bored. I could be doing more. So I significantly ramped up all my duties. And then like two weeks later, it was like, well, 
school's canceled. So <laughs> now it's like, um, gosh, I don't know what to do now because I, know, I, I, have, I, know that I have all this stuff I'm committed to and suddenly like 90% less time. Oh, I totally get like, that. Yeah. We, uh, we mapped out our year in advance. We were in, well, and, and speaking, uh, I'm going to switch uh, gears and talk about my dancing because that's the other big part of my life. Uh, we got everything ready. Uh, we, we had our uh, set ideas done. We had our rough music ideas. Like we were going to be on top of the performances this year. And then we got the worst apocalypse ever. So it's like, yeah, yeah. just going to just gonna slow that back down i guess lamest apocalypse ever there's not even uh, any zombies like what's zero the point? zombies exactly <laughs> i don't have any mad max like fashion going on i got zero zombies instead of like building weapons by duct taping chainsaws and and shotguns together or whatever i'm just doing a lot of cooking and cleaning and baking bread <laughs> doing doing laundry exactly <laughs> they were right about the masks though gotta wear the masks there you go. I um I went grocery shopping two days ago, two nights ago. Yeah, and, um, well, I realized as I was about to leave that I was like, oh, yeah, you're supposed to wear a mask now. And uh-huh. I don't have anything like that. So I, I ended up just like taking an old T-shirt and cutting the sleeve off and shoving my head through it. And it, okay. worked. it worked fine. Okay. Right. <laughs> it worked right. fine. Um. Except, um, I will say that this, this was an old shirt that had only been, mm-hmm. that had been the last time I washed it was probably a year or two ago. And that oh. was right around the time we had first moved to Madison and I wasn't used uh-huh. to washing in the hard water yet. So uh-huh. I couldn't like, I didn't really know how to get my clothes clean. So it smelled uh-huh. really bad. Yeah. Oh, anyway. and that was on your, on your And it was face. on my face. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, I was, maybe it was a different uh, shirt next time. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I didn't notice till I was out the door. I was like, man, this thing smells pukey. Um, So that's that's my life is stuff in my face and pukey shirts. Oh, I haven't mentioned this. I don't know. I posted pictures on social media. I did shave my head yesterday. I saw that. I saw that. Because I was just, my haircut was so high maintenance. And it's like, well, if I'm not going anywhere, there's no point in keeping it around. I might as well. Well, you've always had that unruly mop of hair, so. It's true. It's true. It's um, and it's not. It's 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 not cheap in terms of time or money to maintain it like that. So (laughs) I know. Like my current best friend also has the the curls, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of work. You gotta you gotta make that hair work. Yeah, and I you know I I did the you know just cheap Walmart clippers. Right. (laughs) did it myself in the mirror so it's mm-hmm. not very even it's um doesn't look very good i right. the the selfie i posted i picked the absolute best angle for obviously that's what you do <laughs> you have a fit you cut your hair and you make it fashion get it baby so yeah if you're if you're listening to this on your uh on your cell phone right now staring at the podcast art with my mop of curls those are no longer there oh, um oh. Sad. <laughs> I'll have, a, have a little moment there for that that hair, that nice hair. I know. Pour pour one out for the follicles. <laughs> this um, I you know I have I have shaved my head before in my adult life um, sure. about twelve years ago. Um, okay. So it's you know it's been a while. Um, but back in my 
my late twenties, um, mm-hmm. mid twenties, I guess I, I did, I shaved it all the way. I bicked it clean and everything. And wow. you know, it wasn't, wasn't a bad look for me. I didn't think, mm-hmm. but I, okay. you know, I liked my hair. So I decided to grow it back and, yeah. you know, but when, when this came around, I was like, well, that's always been an option. I know I look mm-hmm. okay with my head shaved ish, but sure. whatever. Um, yeah. So right now it's just buzzed because, okay. you know, having it like picking it clean is just, I mean, that's just another high maintenance hairdo, you know? Oh yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, right now you gotta, you gotta go for the comfort. <laughs> My seven-year-old daughter keeps telling me, dad, you look so cool like that. I'm like, okay, if you say so, if you say you know, so. You, take that. you know, as long as they say you look cool, you let them think that. Like yeah. it's just for that. <laughs> My daughter's yeah. kind of a suck up, so you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I got one who's I got one who's like a total suck up, and one who's like a demon child who just exists to make people angry. You know. So yes, yeah. Well, that that that's what teaches us. Pa- that's what teaches teaches us patience. Yes, I, I, yes. I'm always. I'm always like, can I just have one in the middle? You know, like, why do they have to be the worst? Why do I have to deal with the worst of both worlds all the time? (laughs) Was it because you were such a good kid? Is that why? Are you being exactly, exactly, exactly? It's just not fair. Like, I was the perfect kid, and (laughs) oh man, Um, let's talk about you though. Um, Okay, (laughs) I mean, we can do that. That's that's fine. I mean, I, I guess we can start this. Um, we can start this conversation wherever you wherever you want. Um, yeah. I guess I'll you know I I can say what I knew about you when we were in yeah. high school together, which was yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you were. I would say from what I knew, you were a practicing Christian. Um, I don't know how committed you were to the faith. I, I don't know. I'm curious. Why don't we talk about that? Start there. Well, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well. Um... Growing up um, until I was about 12 years old, I would say my family was Christian superstitious. We didn't go to a church um, except, well, okay, so when I was 10, we went to like uh, a church that had started out of the like the Northeast YMCA. And they were, that was my first church like experience ever in my life, like personally, not like seen on TV or anything like that. So we were always, you know, um, and my mom, my grandma, my, uh, great grandma, they, they would all describe themselves as Christian. Um, sure. and, uh, but they would, you know, they do things, you know, they'd have their superstitions, like they'd have, uh, the, uh, the pencil and the needle test. And that's the superstition where if you like prick a, uh, pencil in the eraser with a needle and you hang it by a thread over, the wrist of uh, a fertile girl. So it wouldn't be like a child or anything. It wouldn't work, but like a woman or um, a girl who had gotten her period um, and hold it over your wrist, either um, the pencil would start swaying it back and forth uh, horizontally. And that would, and I don't remember which is which. um, And that would mean either a boy or a girl or in a circle. And that was the other one. So they do things like that. They'd have like the throw the salt over the shoulder, um, just things like that. Um, but they were definitely a Christian household. We, uh, My uh, great-grandmother loved listening to gospel music. It was by Willie Nelson and like Elvis, but it's it was still gospel music. And I still, I actually still really enjoy listening to that too. Um, yeah. But we didn't really, um, 
start to go to church, um, like with any, any real regularity until I was about 12 years old. And, um, we went to second Baptist, uh, here in Lincoln. I I think my mom was trying to get back, uh, to her roots. My dad was an adamant, adamant atheist. Like he was really like anti-Christian because he, uh, his family that we were estranged from was like, his mom was Catholic, but his dad was like a Jewish doctor and there was so much to unpack there. So, uh, (laughs) so he was just an atheist. Um, and, um, you know, I think my mom was, you know, really trying to, uh, find herself, like get back into what was, um, important to her. And so, you know, we decided to, uh, well, well, I didn't really decide. She she told me we decided. Um, but we would go to church at Second Baptist. And um, that's where I started, like, learning about it, like, really in earnest. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, and I would I would say um, the, the congregation was always um, – very nice. I mean, um, there were, there were some kids, um, like, especially even in my Sunday school now, like I'm still friends with, um, a lot of the ca- the kids that were in my son. Well, they're, they're not kids now. We're all like in our thirties and, and forties, but you know, um, you know, they, um, they grew up in the church, but they always, they were always really sweet to me. Like, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, even if, so even if we, you know, and they went to the same schools, they were, they were a lot more intertwined in their lives than, you know, I was, um, you know, coming in that like quote unquote late at 12, but, um, they were always really nice. Um, and it was, um, you know, it was an interesting, it, it was really my first, um, close look at any practicing religion. I mean, you know, everybody's kind of default Christian here. I mean, we have that, you know, everybody has, um, you know, Christmas off, everybody has Easter off, you know, um, things like that. So it was, it was good to learn about that and learn about, um, you know, um, what, what some of the, the core tenants were. Um, that's where, you know, I got to learn about, uh, Ruth. Um, she's one of, still one of my big religious, uh, icons. Um, just, you know, the fact that, uh, a, you know, a daughter or excuse me, a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law, um, could be so close that she's like, I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to leave you at all. I'll take on your religion. I thought that was always a really beautiful tale. Um, yeah. And so it was, um, you know, and through that, um, I went to, uh, Bible camps like Camp Moses Merrill. That was, um, besides like a little weekend of Camp Kataki that you get as like, um, in elementary schools, you know, student in in Lincoln that was my my only real chance to go to 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 like summer camp in any real way so that was me but yeah that was that was where everything started yeah yeah Yeah. and for uh listeners who aren't from Lincoln which I think is quite a few people uh Camp Camp Kataki would be the um the YMCA camp in the Lincoln area Mm -hmm. um and is I guess is, is Moses Merrill? I've heard of Moses Merrill. Um, I don't think they're specifically Baptist, but I and I could be wrong. A but Christian it's just, camp. It is yeah. a Christian camp. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious. Um, let's start with Let's start with this. I'm I'm curious. Um, 
when your mom started taking you to church, you said your dad was kind of a angry, crazy atheist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I feel oh, like I feel like I met your dad once or twice. I never I never knew him well. Um, yeah. Was there was a lot of friction there, there when that there started? Um, well, well, there was. Yeah, I mean, he was. Well, he was. Uh, there, there was a, like a lot of um, to unpack with my dad. Like I said earlier, sure. uh, he was an alcoholic. He's actually he died. Um, when I was 19. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He drank himself to death. So um, there was a lot of, and like I said, he grew up in, it was a rich family, but it was not, not a healthy family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the C-bands, um, I, I still don't, um, I have no connection with them. Um, and that's, that's more, you know, they've never contacted me except my aunt Stephanie a few years ago, which is, which is fine. You know, I don't know them. So I don't, I don't try to bother them or anything. I don't sure. know if, you know, word was that they didn't like my mom because she was not, um, she wasn't, she didn't make enough. Her family didn't make enough. We were, we mm-hmm. were working poor. So, yeah. um, so there was that whole classist um, clash, but he was just an angry man. Um, he um, didn't believe in religion. I think he probably got religion, you know, shoved down his throat at a very young age. And there sure. were some things that he just decided he was not going to be a part of in his, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in his adult life, which was his prerogative. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that did that. That was like that was a big cause of friction just between the two of them. But it was, you know, it was important to my mom. And I think um, it was getting to the time where, you know, they they did. They used to have, um, you know, a good relationship, just like, you know, any um you know no relationship starts out badly they had their good times but it was at right. the point where everything was kind of falling apart um and it, mm. and like the you know the the falling apart hadn't happened yet but it was kind of the the beginning mm. of the end you know it's like i think she was looking for her own support structure um she was looking for answers on her own and you know the the church gave her a lot of support when she needed it um sure so, you know, that you didn't, and I don't, you know, I think um, that's the most important thing for, you know, any community-based, um, you know, organization to do, you know, be there for the people who need you. So, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, so you started going to Second Baptist when you were 12, you said, um, yeah. is this, um, do you feel like this is this was just something you were doing for your mom, or is this something you kind of embraced yourself? Well, Tell I me think, more about that. Um, I think you know um, we were going, so it was like um, you know, no, no sleepy like teenager wants to get up and go to Sunday school and all of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excuse me, but um, you know, I do think that um, there were um, I had a lot of great Sunday school teachers, um, like June Moss. Um, she was the kindest woman that I have ever met. She was just, she's an elderly woman, um, but she just embodied that, like that lesson of love. And she was the one that taught us about the different kinds of love, like the agape love, the Eros love. And like the, the, I can't remember the, the other names for the different kinds of love, but um, you know, she um, really got me interested in, you know, just um, the messages of hope that she would bring. She would, always try to um bring it back to how it was relevant to our lives so you know I did get a lot of you know I got a lot out of it like especially you know just to um you know a a shy like lonely kind of weird girl you know it was it was helpful (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. we all we all get those feelings where we're just kind of out of the normal, and it was it was you know it was good. I do think that. Um, and my mom got me a Bible, and I um, I was gonna read it front to back, and um, spoiler alert, I never did. But and everybody um, does that until they get to Leviticus. <laughs> oh my God, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got through. Let's see. Oh God, it, no! It was not Leviticus that did me in. It was God. It was after Song of Songs. Sometime I lost interest. So, like, not that I haven't read the Bible front to back. I've read it front right. to back a few times. But yeah. like for me, for me, when I if I bounce off of it, it's always in Isaiah, and I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> like a lot no. of people seem to like Isaiah, but Isaiah to me, Isaiah, it's like. There's like a dozen iconic verses and then like a hundred pages of filler between them. And I'm just yes. like, come oh. on, Isaiah, learn to edit yourself. I know, come on. Somebody, <laughs> we need an editor up in here. Be like, scratch that, push this up, bam. <laughs> Scripture. But um, yeah, so you really you really um, did end up kind of, kind of embracing it going into middle school, high school then. That, yeah, I mean, there were there were things that I did like. I, you know, I can't say that I was like, you know, I wasn't terribly pious and I wasn't like the most fervent <laughs> believer, but um, um, I did, you know, in in my own like in my in even in the way you know now, I still there's still lots that I I really like about Christianity. Um, there's still lots, and and there's the thing, the great thing I feel about being a pagan, I don't have to leave any of it behind like all it's 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 still relevant and and honestly i wouldn't be able to even if i wanted to it made up who i am i mean those those lessons were were fundamental um they stay with me so it's 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 all things that i'm thankful for okay so one of the questions that i i try to make a habit of of asking on the show is kind of this logical versus emotional thing which is you know it's it's not a dichotomy I'm crazy about. Sure. Except it's kind of useful for for talking about things sometimes. So yeah. Um, you know, would you say that you, your embrace of Christianity was more of a logical thing or more of an emotional thing? I mean, um, I suppose like, and I can see why you don't like that dichotomy because it's kind of it's not the best way I would put it, but I would say more logical. I mean, it's what everybody around me was doing. It was, um, what my, what my family was, uh, doing. Um, you know, it, it made my mom happy, uh, that we were going and that we seemed to get things out of it. Um, you know, it just, it seemed like that that's what we were supposed to do. Um, and it's not like, you know, it's, it's not like I was told that I had to be this or I had to, you know, I, I, I wasn't forced or anything or coerced or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, but it was just, well, this is what we're doing. So, you know, as, as a child, I was like, well, okay. I mean, yeah. um, you know, and, and that's not to say that there weren't some very real um, emotional moments. Um, you know, there absolutely were. Um, but it, it just felt like that was the thing that we, we do. So, you know, I, you know, I, I did it. Why don't we talk about when you first started, uh, drifting away or, or whatever, how, what happens next? <laughs> I don't, sure, I don't sure. know how it's to put it cause yeah, I don't know the story. So yeah, we do that. Um, I go through high school, um, you know, I, um, things were going pretty well until about the, let's say about the, the second half of my senior year. That's when a lot of personal problems start. Um, really start um, 
you know, piling up my, um, I believe it was like right before my dad left, um, all of that, go through some turmoil. Um, I end up like kind of, um, you know, just having that like teenager crisis, um, just, you know, not knowing what mattered to me. Um, also one thing that I had really started coming to grips with, um, was that I was, um, no, I was not straight and that, that terrified me. Um, mm-hmm. it was, uh, um, just the fact that like, I realized that I was bisexual, um, that there was, there was a name for that. Like it was, it was, it was always kind of, it was something that was always, um, there, whether mm-hmm. I, I, I noticed it or, or not. And it was like those things that, you know, you assume that everybody, well, you know, everybody feels this way. Well, mm. you know, and, and you find out that, that people do not, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's one of those things. So I had that going around, um, that terrified me because I knew, um, you know, what the, um, you know, what the Bible said about homosexuality. So that, that scared me. Um, and I, you know, I did, um, one of the great things that I do love about the American Baptist church, um, and we, there's no like set like rules or anything or, or that, that I'm aware of. I, I could be wrong. I'm not an expert. Um, but as far as I know, and uh, as well as I understood at the time, the American Baptists are one of the more liberal ish Christians, you know, um, fairly, um, you know, fairly accepting of uh, their members and um, their sexuality um, for whatever it's worth. Um, my Sunday school, June uh, Moss was, adamant that it didn't change anything that um she loved us all and just the way we were um and that was that was important so i had that that i was dealing with um but um you know so i I do that um and then i go to like the weekend retreat at camp moses maryland this is like a place that's been a, a great you know, a great sanctuary to me. So even if things are hard, even if my dad's giving me a hard time, which he was because I was, I was his favorite to, to pick on, unfortunately for, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if I could get away from my dad, you know, and go to Camp Moses Merrill, you know, once a year, that was, that was great. And then this was an extra opportunity to go there on top of that. It was like a spring retreat before. Um, and I, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, at, at summer camp, like we all, um, it wasn't like, of course, like kids, like, you know, had their little, you know, little summer boyfriend or girlfriend and all of that. But I wasn't, I wasn't really into that so much. I was mostly there for my friends. Um, but I did mention to, uh, a friend of mine that I came out as bisexual and she got super quiet. And honestly, you know, I, I, me now I'm like, that's that's when you need to learn to read a room, Cheryl. Maybe maybe keep those keep those <laughs> thoughts until you're absolutely sure that that was a that was a that was a learning point, Luke. Um, <laughs> but no, so I we got out of bed. Uh, well, uh, I was uh, getting ready to go to bed. It was like nine or ten o'clock at night. Um, we were like just about to let like lights uh, lights off in the cabin, and I was marched up to like the office, like right by the, the nurses, uh, or the cafeteria. I can't remember. It was, 
one of those places, not important. Um, but I was basically told I could, um, either change my mind and stay, or I could not, and I could basically go to hell. And this is like a, a church pastor that I had known for a couple of years. And I was, I was really taken, I was like, I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was really kind of surprised at the kind of vitriol and the, and the, um, just like the, the, the aggression, I, I guess I kind of felt at the time, um, of somebody that I thought that, you know, really, um, was supposed to, you know, to be there for, for all of us kids. And I just, I didn't understand. I didn't understand really where it was coming from. Um, and so my mom had to come get me at 11 o'clock at night and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, pick me up in that way. And, um, and I left and I will say my, you know, that hurt, that really, that hurt. Hmm. Um, you know, because it's not like, you know, I, I, um, anybody knows that I am, I am too shy to like ardently hit on anybody. I'm like, my first move is not a move at all. Um, <laughs> so it's not like I was going up to girls and be like, Hey, Hey girl. Um, but just the, and, and great thing is like a couple of years later, me and the friend, she did apologize for, you know, how she, you know, basically told on me and outed me and that she felt bad. And I, I ended up um, losing touch with her again because it wasn't the, the Facebook age. But, um, but you know, it's like, um, it was just one of those unfortunate events, um, but it did end up having a little weight. So I was, that started the first bit of doubt. There's always been, and, and to be, to be fair, I didn't, always know if Christianity was a great fit because even in my little, um, they'd have topics that you'd, that you'd want to see in like maybe next year's like camping. And I'd be like, well, I'll learn about women of the Bible. Like, could we have some more of that? Like, um, then we'd never, we'd never have that lesson. That would have been really cool. Um, <laughs> that would have been awesome. And also like, did you ever go through the whole like Greek mythology like thing in seventh grade? Did you have to do that for your like, like a senior into my English class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um ever since that, it's totally normal for a straight Christian girl to go out in the moonlight under like her tree and leave little offerings to Persephone. That's completely a normal thing to do but it's just like little things like that because i would i would pick little like clovers and like little flowers in my yard and we had a tree and in the moonlight i would you know just it's not really sneaking outside because it was just i was going out in my yard but um <laughs> so it's, i was absconding away to the forest and by the forest <laughs> i mean the tree in my yard um but yeah it's like i would do things like that so it, it's like little things like that um that that you know those those little tells that you that you start to identify um mm. those were those were the kind of things that you know got that that just got that wondering like that like is this is this the right is this the right definition is this who i am or at least mm. where my value you know it's like those little those little questions started rolling, you know, and they get to a point where nothing adds up right anymore. And you gotta, 
you just have to take a look and see what it means, whether or not it's the answer you want. After that, um, I did end up um, getting into my own abusive relationship um, after that. Um, and it was, it was just, you know, it was um, a lot of behavior. I wasn't, um, you know, really able to identify, you know, right away. It's like, you know, when you're a teenager, you think you have all the answers and you just, you just don't. Um, <laughs> Teenagers just, don't have all the answers. I know. It's so crazy. I know. I need, I need to stop asking teen, I the teenagers I know for advice. Oh, my god. I gosh. know. I mean. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, yeah, so it's – um. so we did that. But um, what really got everything moving along was um, even through all that turmoil, all of that, um, you know, it's just it, – it's a – it was – it was – crazy you know it just it was um and you know it was just one of those um weird happenstance like uh you'd make friends and they'd kind of um float in and out of your like it wasn't I didn't really have a circle I didn't really know who I was and so I was just kind of trying to hang on to anybody that would give me the validation that I really needed to give myself um so I, you know, it was like, it was the perfect storm to be in a bad situation, basically. Um, but through that, um, I ended up meeting a really precious friend to me. Um, her name is Rain. Uh, that's not a real name, but that's, that's, that's her name. <laughs> uh, but, um, and she, um, she was, she was actually the one that, um, just looked at me and we, we hang out and we had gotten, been getting close and she's like, so I need you to stop bullshitting me because you're a witch. And I, I was like, what do you, you're a wizard, Harry, <laughs> you're a wizard, Harry. And that, and I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. I know it's like, they're going to cart you off, going to cart you off to the school, but no, you really don't get that. <laughs> she just she was just one of those she's like I see this power in you and I don't feel like you are accessed and not like not like magical power like out of your fingertips just the mm -hmm. you know that inner strength in you you know she's like I see you for what you are and you're it's like I don't believe you're this um, timid thing that that you know is is like broken the way that you've been told that you're broken you're you're just not that um you know you can have you know and not like she was um you know it's not like she was um downplaying or you know um trying to insult me or anything she's just like it was more that she um saw the potential in me that I didn't see in myself at that time mm -hmm. um and that that's kind of what I needed I mean I just needed that that validation um, from, like I said, that, you know, the validation um, that ultimately needed to come from me. Um, it was, it was helpful to get a boost from a good friend. Um, you know, and I think that's, I think we've all been there. You know, we've needed that good friend to tell us um, who we are when we don't remember. Sure. Um, and I've, I've been lucky to have a, a few friends like that. So, um, but she, um, she was, she was sure of it. And, um, I was like, I, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't, yeah, I don't, it's like, I'm not, she's like, you want to read these tarot cards with me? And I'm like, yeah. It was like, 
She's like, you're a witch then. I was like, no, it's just I like the tarot cards. They're they're a good they're a good tool for self reflection. Oh, oh, she's like, okay, witch. Oh. Was this kind of the turning point for you then? Was this it, when you started? It was a big turning point. Um, I mean, I also, um, and it was uh, to compound things. Uh, you know, I lived in like. Um, the alphabet city like around the the capital area um mm. of downtown um and so we were getting a lot a lot a lot of jehovah witnesses like a lot <laughs> so many and um some of my friends were like really into it like they like not in in a mean way like there's this uh, one friend of mine who really got inter- like interested in having the the conversation i i did i was you know I'm always down for a bit of banter, but I wasn't super, super involved with it. It wasn't really my bag. Um, but at one point, you know, I did, there was this, oh God, I just, I don't even remember her name. I just called her the sergeant. (laughs) And she like had these different partners. I don't know if she was hard to match up with or like maybe we were a tough case. I don't, I don't know, but she had having like these rotating partners, but she was like this blonde lady in her twenties um taller than me but i mean that's not hard um but she's <laughs> like intimidating like she had her blonde hair and like a bun at the end and it's just oh it's just like she's so intimidating um, <laughs> but basically one thing she was she was talking about and i have i have no idea how we got down this rabbit hole but it was like talking about holidays and like all of these things she was like well the, the things that you love most about like christianity like uh christmas and eat and, and believe me i have read your articles on the page <laughs> we don't have there. to argue about I mean, this we right now we, <laughs> don't, we don't have to argue it's it's fine we could you know we can have a whole other podcast where we do nothing to argue and that would be a lot of fun but we can we can wait uh but um so she she went down that rabbit hole she was like all of the things that you love about Christianity are pagan. And I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. We don't, we don't even need to have this conversation anymore. And it was just. Uh, You've convinced me, but not like, of what you meant to. I know. <laughs> oh, so that maybe that was a lesson for her. I don't, don't know. Oh, I was so tired of her coming over while I was cooking dinner. Oh, <laughs> so tired. I'm I sorry. Only had to, I have only had to deal with Jehovah's Witnesses once or twice. And I don't know. I think they were, they were trying to save a starving young artist. I think, I yeah. you know, I mean, oh, I, God. I, always, I always just, I always just say, you guys are just the Aryan heresy and you need to read up some history on the first council of Nicaea. And they just <sighs> stare at me like, what? <laughs> the first council of Nicaea has got a lot of good things. It's a good place to start. It's true. It's it true. is a good place to start. God. But yeah, so, um, so that was a real big turning point to me. And um, even the thing about pagans is we're bad we're bad evangelicalists. Like we don't, we don't proselytize like anybody who comes to pagan really comes to it on, on, on their own. Either it's, um, there are books out there. Um, some I think are better than others. Um, 
there are, um, and there are, you know, there are uh, pagan groups, um, generally, one in every region. Um, one place I like to go to and that I've gone to on and off for the last 10 years has been the uh, Red Grail here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Right now we're meeting in um, inside the Unitarian Church, but they are, fun- uh, they are trying to do a fundraiser for, um, it's called the Avalon Project, to get their own uh, land and build the region's first uh, pagan temple um, just to have their own land. Um, so um, I've gone there on and off for about 10 years, but I really decided last year, and again, kind of funny how it happened. Um, one of my belly dance uh, sisters, Margaret, um, she um, has gotten into the whole uh, messianic um, Christianity and it's, it's really done a lot for her. Like she uh, had a lot of struggles. Um, she has uh, like a disabled daughter. She, you know, just, you know, she's moving into, you know, another area of life from just being a mother and all of that. And so she dug deep in that. And I really, um, I saw the amount of peace that it gave her. And so it really inspired me to get a lot more in touch with my roots. And so I've been going, um, I've been going to uh, their full moon rituals maybe since last summer every every month, so almost for a year now. It's a really great group. You know, it, it's really it's really um, nice that uh, we have that like community to be able to get together. Right now, we're all uh, getting together separately in our homes <laughs> the way we need to. I want to ask you. I want to maybe push back a little bit on yeah. one thing. Um, where you say you know cr- pagans don't proselytize. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I get that in the sense of like going around knocking on people's doors right. and whatever, but mm-hmm. I mean, you, you tell me, you tell me you have this moment with where you're with your friend who looks at you and says, just admit you're a witch. <laughs> like, I'm like, what is that other than proselytization? You know? Um, when I say that there's no proselytizing, what I think I mean is there's no, um, doctrine or creed or, uh, organization behind that, that says that we, that we need to be, you know, it's not something that, um, you know, and, and one thing, um, that I read in, um, Margot Adler's Drawing Down the Moon, which I absolutely recommend for anybody interested Mm. in, um, learning about paganism. It's, there's a lot of books out there that are, um, you know, the how to's on the craft, like the spells, the, the tools, um, what you'll need. And those, those are a lot more akin to just ritual practice, you know, the same way that Christians, um, have communion, have, um, you know, have their, their rituals that, that means that's, that's all, you know, pagans and witches do, um, with their spell working, they're sending their intention out to the universe so the gods can hear it just sure. the way any other religion does. Um, uh, if uh, Margot Adler's uh, book, Drawing Down the Moon, that's just a snapshot of paganism in the 70s. Um, and so okay. she, you know, went out having like this idea that um, there was like this grand um, arcing belief that all pagans had, like they were all liberal, they were all crunchy California granola types. And <laughs> she was, she was absolutely wrong. Like the one thing that she found um, that all pagans had in common, the very, the only thing is we're all avid readers. That that's it. That yeah. is, that is it. Um, so um, other than that, you know, we can't say that all pagans have, you know, liberal beliefs because they don't. Um, there were like neo-Nazis trying to um, basically co-opt, um, you know, Nordic, um, paganism, 
a lot of times the um, Germanic paganism communities have done a lot of pushback because nobody wants to, nobody wants their symbols like co-opted by the Nazis. I mean, <laughs> yes, I will right. agree. With that. I mean, you know, <laughs> the Hindus are not happy about the swastika, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I yes. Mean, yeah. So, um, you know, but that's the thing. Um, so you can't even say that all pagans definitely believe this, this, and this, because somebody can poke up and be like, I don't believe that. <laughs> that's not my religion. So, um, and with my personal experience, just with my friend, just um, noticing that she was a very no nonsense, no, no bullshit type. Uh, she was just like, this is what I see. And um, it, it just so happened to be she was right. All right. So um, one of the things I try to ask all my guests is, do you have a quote unquote coming out story? You know, like, did you have a moment when you had to tell the people who were already in your life, hey, I used to believe this. Now I believe this. Um, I guess I'm curious about your mom in particular, since she's the one who was taking you to church. Um, well, I mean, is there um, a story there? No, there's not really like a huge story. Um, it's. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we, we'd kind of stopped going to church, um, you know, for, uh, and for a while, my mom still continues to, we, she still has really good ties too, but she just with her work, she's had to work Sundays. So I don't know sure. if she's even still avidly going right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, we still, we still borrow their chairs for our shows and they always let us use it. So you know, <laughs> must, must be on good terms enough. Thanks, Brad Pope. Uh, <laughs> But, but, um, you know, I did, you know, I did, um, you know, talk to her. I was like, um, and you know, when things are hard, um, and that's, it's something I've even talked to about with my counselor that I see because mental health is important. It's okay to go see a counselor if you need to. But, um, you know, my mom and I had a rough patch. Um, you know, we didn't always have the best communication. Um, we had, uh, issues that we had to deal with. And for a while, you know, we didn't, we weren't always on the best of terms. We were all like, it was like we were just cats and dogs. We couldn't seem to like, not like just get under each other's skin, you know? So we went through that, like things are calming down, you know? And then, um, you know, I have this and she's like, you know, a pagan. I think the only, um, really idea of a pagan that she had was like, you know, just what's, what's in the Bible and, you know, just basically like, the weirdos that they show on like discovery channel and whatever. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know if she necessarily had like the best like idea, like just off of her reference point and that snapshot in time, one grave concern that she honestly had. Um, she was like, well, I want to make sure that uh, when I die and go to heaven, you'll be there too. Mm -hmm. And um, so that, that's one thing that, you know, wait, I was like, well, mom, I can't, <laughs> Okay, I believe this is this is like beyond me. If if I can, you know, maybe we can pay the doorman. I don't know. <laughs> Just slip him a fiver. We'll get a day pass or something. I don't know. But we'll just take a vacation in dog heaven. It will be great. There you go. I know. You see, go. you know. Um, I mean, we, we but, all saw that Don Bluth movie. We know how it works. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. Um, so, you know, we did have that, but I think, um, 
um, like I, I said earlier before, I haven't left. I think what she was worried mostly about that I was leaving behind my values and um, the important things that she and the church family had taught. Um, but honestly, even before, you know, my church family was there, you know, it was always my mom teaching me right for wrong because she was the stable one. She was the one that, that dug in and did the hard work. I think she was more worried that I was, I was leaving that, um, then finding um, just a better definition for myself because it's it's not that you know it was it was bad for me to be a Christian it was that you know it just it was like a sweater that that was the wrong fit the definition wasn't what I needed you know it wasn't where um, I was able to take comfort you know a lot of times and of course you know it's it's the English translation as opposed to the the uh, you know the actual text in its native language but it was always god the father and god loves like a father and he takes care of his children like a father and, and the thing is like i didn't have a dad who who did that like you know it's just i didn't have that that context but i could in a very real sense i could i could think of god as a mother i could i could embrace the great mother um i will say that um giving birth uh, also definitely um, solidified, um, you know, I was already a pagan by the time I became a mother, but um, just the, the raw, the raw energy of like making life and giving, you know, giving birth to somebody brand new. That's, that's powerful, you know, and, and just the fact that, you know, like, and I, again, with the avid reading, like one thing, you know, I did when I, uh, was pregnant with my second and don't if you have any pregnant woman out there like friend wife girlfriend sister don't let them read the whole book of like the mayo clinics like pregnancy childbirth and like child development don't don't let them do it like i was i was con i convinced myself in like a pregnant fit i was gonna have a baby with spina bifida it was like it was <laughs> i was so scared like, and there was no reason for that. I don't have a family history of that. I was just crazy and pregnant. Uh, but so <laughs> long story short, don't let them, don't let them, just take that book out of their hands. Just don't let them do it. Uh, <laughs> but, but um, you know, just um, with everything that can go wrong, the fact that, you know, people are, you know, their lives are, you know, knitted up and, and made, it's just miraculous in itself that we, that we're born in the first place. Um, you know, so I could, I could envision, you know, um, that deity, um, with a mother's love because that's, that's what I've known. Um, that's, that's where I, I, I needed it. That's also, you know, where I, um, you know, I saw myself, um, uh, uh, there are, and even within the pagan communities, there are lots of lots of different interpretations of symbols. A lot of people have rightfully called out like um, the um, the the god and the goddess motif as like um, cisgendered heterosexual gods, you know, and that's you know that's not going to be at all helpful to a trans brother or sister. Um, that's not going to be the God that maybe a non-binary person needs. And that's what I think is, is important for me. It's like, there's the iconography, there's the, the metaphor, there's 
there's the comfort for those that need it in where they mm. can find it. You know, it was always a bit of a stretch. You know, I, I, you know, there's a lot of uh, people that, that really love the sacrifice. Like, and it means a lot to them to have the sacrifice God motif in their life. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they, you see it in not just Christianity, you see it in the green man. Um, you see it in uh, the, uh, oh gosh, what is it? It's the Holly. Oh, I'm gonna look that up. It's the Holly and the, I want to say you King. They basically, basically it's the story where uh, they fight for both sides of the year. It's like um, when uh, it's summer, the Holly King dies um, so that, and I can't remember. I think I said, I think it's the yew tree that I could be wrong. Not an expert again. Um, He dies. So the, basically the summer King can win. And um, when it's time for winter to come around, um, the summer King dies. So the winter King can rule. And basically, you know, it's, it's, it's not just even deities that, also are helpful it's it's the way um the year is broken up like the wheel the wheel of the year um has uh 10 celebrations so there's basically a religion about every six weeks and they're not they're not huge um we generally get together um like about we get together for church once a month uh on the full moon um Mm. and that was before the the apocalypse started so (laughs) I think we're going to be doing like a lot of video full moons uh, once we yeah. get that figured out. But so far we haven't, but, um, but yeah, just um, the cutting up of the year, just, um, you know, it's um, we just came out of winter and that was the time for rest and respite for letting mm-hmm. your seeds be planted in the dark of the ground. So when that, when it's spring, you can start seeing the signs of life coming back to us that you can see, you know, you can see Persephone risen or you can see the green man coming back to life again, whichever, whatever your metaphor is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, um, it gives uh, that kind of, that kind of regularity, that kind of um, routine that you can just fall into. Um, sure. that a lot of people like me included find very soothing. Yeah, I mean, for whatever it's worth, I feel the same way about the the traditional Christian liturgy. Yeah. Um, but um, let me let me ask you this: since you're yeah. you're headed in that direction, is this about finding something that's like capital T true, or is it about finding something that works for you? Right? Like, is it is it? Yeah. I really believe Persephone is out there watching over me, or is it like this just kind of works for me? It it well, it's a yeah, like metaphor for how I want to live my life or whatever. Sure. Um, and there, there are lots of things that I just, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I did. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, in some I mean, sense, like a lot of stuff is in the, I don't I mean, entirely like, know category. Yeah. I would um, say that. Yeah. 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 I'd say that pile is a lot bigger than what I do know. So um, right. <laughs> surprise there, but, um, but no, anyways, um, I did, um, see a interview done by Margot Atwood, um, the author of Handmaid's Tale, um, the Robber Baron's Ride, I think. Uh, I've read a couple of her books. I just, I do, I absolutely love her. Um, and one thing that really resonated well with me, um, she's like, uh, was, and this is terribly paraphrased. Um, she was talking about how there's the world where the story where, um, the gods, 
are in their heaven and they have their order and they look down on us humans. And that story could be true or it could not be. I mm. like the story where it is mm. true. What I envision like as to be the big capital T true, I mm. like to, you know, call the universe because I, I just simply don't know. You know, there's, there's lots of, and there's a lot of things that I feel just cannot be known in the physical world. I mean, we can observe what we can using our five senses. We can use the scientific method and there's lots of things that we can learn that way. Whether we'd learn anything like metaphysical and be able to, to, to prove it. You know, I don't, I have no idea what that standard of testing would be. Right. Um, so I've always taken um, a lot more comfort in this is this is true for me. This is what I can tell is the truth. And, um, you know, this is what I can try to use as a moral compass since, you know, I don't I don't know if like the big capital T true is able to be known. And honestly, I don't know if I would be able to trust anybody that said, I know what the big capital T true is. Um, I me being who I am, I would find that I would be very skeptical. I mean, that's just, that's just who I am. Um, I mean, as much as I like to talk about like the magic, um, you know, and and that's, that's the thing. It's like, um, one thing that I really, um, like about paganism is it takes the, the everyday and it makes it magical. Um, one, one segment that I, I particularly love is, um, like I, I refer to myself a lot as being a kitchen witch. Um, and that's, that's just where, you know, that's what my grandma would call um, putting the love into the food. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and when I was, when I was very small and I remember, you know, asking my grandma to like four or five, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta see the love, like you put the love into it. And she would kiss at my food. And I was like, there it is. It's it's so much better now. And it was like, Robin, you know, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was, but it made it that much better. I mean, she, yeah. you know, it was, it's that, that food that, you know, tastes magically better just because it's, you know, made by your grand, my grandma could like serve me like a cup of coffee with half and half and like a little bit of sugar. Like I could have two, two, uh, two spoonfuls but that's it. That's all she allows anybody. And this is like elixir of the, like of all my ancestors. And like, I make, you know, coffee with creamer and half and half. It's okay. But like, (laughs) you know, and that's, that's magic. You know, it's like, I'm not to like toot my own horn or anything. I make fabulous pies from scratch, like my apple pies. And like, I make pumpkin pie from scratch that's magic, you know, and, um, you know, I have, you know, that, that's the kind of thing. It's like, um, like for, for example, one thing that I'll do, um, when I make my pies is a lot of times it will be Friendsgiving, which is our friends Thanksgiving feast that we have at the dance studio. Um, you know, I've gotten up at dawn, um, with the intention I've put my effort in, um, I have put this, you know, in, metaphorical terms i've put the spell work in i've i've put my you know and then i i put it in fire and watch it come become what it will and so you know it's like it's those it's it's the the time that you spend laughing with your friend that's a ritual like i Mm -hmm. i love um there's this one piece uh 
of writing by uh, Doreen Valiente, and I'm, I could be saying her name wrong, but um, it's a beautiful poem. I do enjoy it. Um, but uh, one of the basic uh, paraphrased lines is um, basically, um, I am in the heart of those uh, that is joyful. Um, uh, you worship me, basically, you know, when you're laughing with a friend, when you are feeling the sun on your skin when you are enjoying the the beauty of the nature around you. That's, that's worship. Um, yeah. You know, and it's just, I, I feel anybody, these are, these are fundamental truths. I, and I feel that, you know, even, and there's, there are a lot of things that, um, you know, from intellectual atheism that I do like. Um, I, I remember reading this one essay. It was basically, um, I don't remember the particulars of it, but during it, Atheist was talking about just um, being in awe of like a, like a, I think it might've been like a Grand Canyon or um, mm -hmm. some like just beautiful, beautiful scenery and just being in awe of it. Even so, even though they didn't, you know, feel that there was a God behind it, you know, they, they definitely still um, had that appreciation just in them as humans. Um mm -hmm. So I just That's a um, nice looking hole in the ground right there. That is, that is the most beautiful, <laughs> most beautiful of chasms. <laughs> Love it. That's a great gaping hole. <laughs> oh, on that wow. note. On that um, note. <laughs> let me ask you this. How has your life changed since your beliefs have changed? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, just my beliefs. Um, I feel mm -hmm. that, um, you know, be, I'm not the same person that I was anymore. You know, I it's right. um, I feel that, you know, my my religion, um, my dance, um, who I am, like it's just my identity. It's all wound up together. Um, sure. You know, yeah. I I can't say that. You know. Uh, one of the biggest changes really is I wear a pentacle necklace instead of a cross. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's mm -hmm. a, you know, but, um, you know, I, I still, uh, even the daycare that I work in, I still work inside a church. Finally, um, aside from your new beliefs themselves, what would you say you learned from the experience of changing your mind? Oh gosh. Um, it's just that, um, basically, um, I think that it's important, um, that, people realize that um, it is, it's possible to um, search and have questions. And, um, you know, I, I think I would have been fine if I took the road and it did, it, it uh, you know, I took a good hard look at myself and it led me back to um, Christianity. In this case, you know, it, it didn't. Um, mm -hmm. But I think the, the fact that the asking, um, you know, you should be able to challenge your beliefs. If you can't, if your if your beliefs challenge, like if challenging your beliefs um, causes them to fall away, I mean, they're not they're not very strong to begin with. And I've mm -hmm. always had very strong convictions, no matter what. Like that's just that that's been one thing about me. I um, I do consider my values. Um, to be very important to me. Um, I, you know, it's important that I stay true to that to myself. Um, when I haven't, um, stayed true to those, um, 
you know, it's been, it's been bad for me. It's been bad for my psyche, my mental health, uh, my physical self, uh, my, you know, my physical health, I should say. Um, and it's just, it, it really causes, you know, a lot of, of inner tur- turmoil trying to live something that you're not. Um, I think that, um, you know, for me, it was important that I gave myself permission just to have the searching. Um, and I, you know, I'm still not done. You know, I, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for, for whatever it's worth, um, you know, Rain, and she, like, uh, she was the one that, you know, gave me my, my letter to Hogwarts, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways, even she changed her mind. Um, she grew up as a dynastic uh, pagan or witch, mm-hmm. and uh, she's a Hare Christian now. So you never know where life's going to lead you. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. Um, you know, it's okay to um, question your identity. It's okay to make sure that you believe what you say you believe. And it's, it's important mm-hmm. that you examine that, like that self-examination, like that, that, just that that good hard look at yourself like can be really helpful um and it's okay to like just look for the answers even if it takes a long time to find them all right finally i have um three final quasi-philosophical questions i try to ask all my guests um just poking at these questions of ontology epistemology how do we know truth how do we know ourselves yeah um First of all, Cheryl, what is identity? Does everyone have an identity? How do you know your identity? What do you think? Well, identity, uh, oh, that's a good question. Well, <laughs> I guess, you know, basically it's, it's, it's who we are, um, how we define ourselves, how we live, um, you know, what we do. Um, our identity is just, uh, I would say, the start of our understanding of who we are. Um, for me, it was just, it was like a welcoming home. It wasn't like I was changing my mind at all. It was like, oh, here's, here's where I've, what I've always believed. And that's, that's where it fit. It wasn't that I, I needed to change my mind. It was just that it was in the, it was, it was in the segment over. It was in the wrong compartment or something like that. Wait, you didn't change your mind? You're kicked off the show. Oh, you gotta, you gotta get <laughs> got to get that average. Now, now i got to find a new guest oh, for this episode. Yeah. I just ruined everything. <laughs> uh, this is just a ploy to get you to talk to me for the first time in 10 years. That, okay, yeah. See, <laughs> well, I'm I'm flattered, I guess. Oh, um, I, guess. Oh. <laughs> I was just bored on a Friday night. You shouldn't be that flattered. No. Yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah. Too. I know. Uh, all right. Um, second question. <laughs> what <laughs> What is human nature? Are we all the same deep down? Are we all different deep down? Are we all blank slates? What do you think? Mm, well, I think I like I like to believe that generally speaking, um, I I like to believe that we all have the capacity for good. Um, I do think it's equally plausible that we have the uh, capacity. Uh, some of us for rate bad as well. Um, I don't like that idea. Um, I like, you know, I, I think human nature is a, is a broad term. I'm, I'm no expert, uh, but I like to, 
live with the assumption that um, we all care about each other. We do know that humans are social creatures. um, And a lot of our prehistoric past that we don't necessarily have records of. We do have records that there have been people with uh, great disability, um, people who have been old, who should not have been able to uh, age or uh, heal themselves if they were just left behind um, and they were taken care of by their communities and their groups. I, um, I find that compassion to be uniquely human nature. Um, as far as what's all encompassing in human nature that I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm a daycare teacher, man. Uh, (laughs) but, um, I do, I, I, again, uh, to go off the Margot, uh, Adler, um, idea, I like the story where Mm. we are all essentially good, um, and make some bad choices sometimes. And finally, what is truth? which we've talked about a bit, but yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you know when you found truth? What do you think? No. Okay. Well, um, I think truth, um, I don't know if I have the big overlapping, um, definition. Um, but I think, I do think one thing about truth is that it's able to be tested and withstand that testing. Um, if it can't, withstand that testing then maybe it isn't and um you know uh, maybe there are instances when uh you know the testing just uh you know isn't necessarily going to answer everything um but i think that um i do think that there are fundamental truths i think that at least as far as people go, I think that we all have a right to be here. Um, I think that we are all, um, we all deserve uh, dignity of life. Um, we all deserve uh, compassion, caring. And, um, you know, one thing I really think um, that's important, regardless of religion, we all belong to each other, whether or not, you know, you're a Christian or a pagan, um, besides you, you know, we, you know, we have to depend on our communities. Um, I really, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, the scholars can go back and forth on what's true for, for ages. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I feel as like what's practical, generally speaking, and like, I, you know, not going into specifics because I can bicker away at all of that for forever. Um, I think that, um, Generally speaking, you know truth when you see it. All right. Well, Cheryl, it has been a delight having you Aww. on the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> so that. It took us a month and a half to make this happen, I think. I but I'm know. so <laughs> I am so sorry. Well, you know, life happens. Yeah, it um it took a it took a global plague <laughs> to make right. this happen. Oh, <laughs> or I don't, know, I don't know if the global plague contributed, but anyway. Um, right. So did we cause the plague, Luke? I, I think so. I yeah. think we did. I, oh. Every time you and I get together, it's trouble. Oh, no day <laughs> passes into heaven for us. <laughs> it's because I'm talking to a pagan. God I know. The I mean, it's true. <laughs> I will say, um, if you ever... If you ever want one, like, uh, start, like just, and I'm tangenting now just because I can. One song that I also really like um, is by a lady named Dar Williams, folk singer. Um, it's the Christians and uh, 
Christians and pagans. Um, and mm. that's just, it's uh, one story about uh, a family coming together that I absolutely really love. And it's one thing that really reminds me of now, just coming together, making congregations, having friends, and uh, finding truth where you can. So I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, hopefully this uh, pandemic is a reminder to people of just how connected to each other we are, just how much we rely on each other, how dumb Ayn Rand is. (laughs) Agreed. We can always agree on that. Uh, It's true. true. I'd like to see where that selfish doctrine comes in now. Like, oh, how's that working out? It's true. It's true. All right. Well, before we go, though, um, Cheryl, do you have anything to plug? Not a whole lot right now, um, but I will say once the uh, the worst apocalypse has ended, uh, get a hold of <laughs> us for lessons. Um, we are um, at my belly dance uh, studio. If you ever feel the need to um, just get up and boogie, we are a safe space for everybody. Um, woman, man, uh, basically guys, gals, and my non-binary pals, uh, definitely come join us if you would like to dance with us. Um, definitely uh, feel free to get a hold of us for conventions, uh, birthday parties, weddings. You know, we just like to uh, make merry. So uh, this has been a horrible season for us professional merrymakers, and we will be so amped up just to see you. You know, we'll, we'll make it worth it. And we'll bring Zills. So, you know, what more could you ask for? All right. Well, this has been Changed My Mind with Luke T. Harrington. I'm Luke T. Harrington. You can find me at Luke T. Harrington on Twitter or at LukeTHarrington.com. I'll see you next time. If it's just a symbol, then to hell with it. Um, Flannery O'Connor famously said that when um, someone told her that the Eucharist uh, communion was a beautiful symbol. Um, O'Connor, of course, was a very devout Catholic. um, So she saw in the Eucharist not just a symbol, but the literal physical body and blood of Jesus Christ. And she saw it as something she desperately needed, that it wasn't just something to get her through the week, something to inspire her to be a better person, to live a better life, that it was something her body and her soul desperately needed. And it was something very real. In some ways, that's kind of the uncomfortable place I find myself in when people talk about religion as if it's just a a useful metaphor, an inspiring idea to help get you through your life. Um, Because among other things, I just, I don't know what it means to get through life. Like, what does that mean? When people talk about getting through this quarantine that we're all under right now, like, I know what they mean. They mean maintaining our health and our sanity for however long it takes to eradicate this virus or whatever so that we can get back to our lives. We can go back to our jobs. We can go outside again. We can see our loved ones again. 
etc. But what does it mean to get through life? Like, I just, I just don't know if there's nothing at the end, if there's nothing on the other side, then, then who would even want to get through life? Right? Like if I knew for a fact that nobody was going to survive this pandemic, that everybody was guaranteed to die no matter what we did, I think my behavior would be very different <laughs> from what it is right now. Um, now, if that were announced, you know, if someone who knew what he was talking about, um, some science type person stood up and said that, you know, like it's hopeless. Nobody's going to survive this. I think you'd see a range of reactions from people, right? Like, I think some people would immediately commit suicide. You know, I think some people would use the opportunity to do horrible things like go looting or whatever. Um, you know, and some people again would say, well, it's still important that we enjoy the time we have left, that we are kind to each other, that we create something beautiful with our time. Um, and to be clear, I'd like to live in a world full of the, that last category of people, but I don't know how to say they're right, right? I don't know how to prove they're right. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's any way to say one reaction to that news would be correct. And the others would be wrong. Like, I don't think the people looting in the streets would necessarily be quote unquote wrong. Um, because if we're all going to just die and there's nothing afterwards, what does anything matter? And that's where I always come back on religion. Like if it's just a metaphor for life, if it's just a hobby, if it's just something I do on Sunday mornings to give a rhythm to my life, then I don't know, to hell with it, you know? Like, if I wasn't reasonably convinced that 2,000 years ago there was this guy named Jesus who said a lot of really mind-blowing stuff that people wrote down, and even today when people read what he had to say, when people read, read the Gospels, they're still frequently amazed, you know? And then he died, was killed, and within a very short period of time, at the very least, there was a sizable number of people who seemed to really sincerely believe he rose from the dead. Like, if that wasn't true, I don't think I would hold on to this, you know? I agree with Cheryl that um, trying to quote-unquote prove a supernatural thing is a bit of a fool's errand, since there's not even an agreed-upon standard of proof for a supernatural claim, and I don't know how there could be. Um, but with Christianity, I'm like, well, the non-supernatural stuff seems to be pretty in evidence, and it seems to point to supernatural explanations. Um, and if I wasn't reasonably convinced this stuff was true, you know, I don't think I could hold on to it. There's no cultural cachet that comes with standing up and saying, hey, I believe this Jesus stuff, you know, and I, I don't think it's just a metaphor. I don't think it's just a really good story. 
I don't think it's just something to keep your dying grandma happy. I think this stuff actually happened. There's no cultural cachet that comes with that, especially in the Trump era when public Christians have undermined basically whatever little credibility they had. Um, you know, associating yourself with uh, Christianity in any way these days is um, career suicide. <laughs> Um, unless you want to work on Fox News or whatever, I guess, um, which I don't. So, yeah. Um, and that's just where I fall, you know? Like, if it's just a symbol, then to hell with it, man, you know? Um, and that's it for this week. Um, if you like the show, please take a second to go on iTunes, give me a rating, give me a review. If you write me a good review or a negative review, even I will read it live on the air, make you internet famous. That is a promise. If you'd like to support me financially, um, you can go to Kofi. That's ko-fi.com/slash changed my mind, where you can buy me a cup of coffee. Um, I don't know if you can get coffee under quarantine. I guess I've heard like Starbucks drive-throughs are open. I don't know. Um, I'm staying home making my own coffee, but that also costs money. Um, so yeah, ko-fi.com slash change my mind. If you like listening to me rant about the nonsense in my head that relates to my faith, um, I have a book coming out from HarperCollins Christian Publishing. Um, it's called Murder Bears, Moonshine, and Mayhem, Strange Stories from the Bible to Leave You Amused, Bemused, and Hopefully Informed. Um, recently got a very positive review from Publishers Weekly, which was very gratifying. Um, that will be out in August if all continues to go well. You can order it, pre-order it right now on Amazon. Um, so go do that mess. It would be great. Um, if you're not interested in that, I have another book out that you can currently buy on Kindle for $3. Paperback is not out yet, but maybe someday. Um, that is my award-winning novel, Ophelia Alive, A Ghost Story. Um, if you're into psychological thrillers, literary horror, if that's your jam, you might dig it. I don't know. Um, one other thing I got going that you can support is called Project Co-Narrative, which is my other fiction endeavor with my good friend, KB Hoyle. Uh, we are writing a novel together live on the internet, making it up as we go. I write a chapter, she writes a chapter. It's improv-tastic. It's quite a bit of fun. Go check it out at projectconarrative.com. I want to thank Cheryl for being on the show. Cheryl's a good friend. She was a good sport coming on the show. I had a lot of fun talking to her. I hope she had fun talking to me. It was a really great evening uh, when we talked. Um, I want to thank Raven Creek Social Club for hosting the podcast. Do check out their other podcasts, uh, Faith and Other Oddities and The Commentarians. And finally, I want to thank you for listening to Change My Mind. And don't be afraid to change your mind.